But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing, and we are still out of power converters. I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. It's weird that we didn't do our last names. We didn't do our last names this time. People know who we are. They <laughs> <I> should. <guess. laughs> so we're on a first name basis with everyone. That's what you're saying. Exactly. If you don't know who we are by now, if this is your first podcast. Uh, run. Run now. I tell you, you're coming in at an odd time. Uh, it's uh, We're in the middle of covering a bunch of extended stuff. We are personally prepping for Crate coming up in two weeks. We've got some actual news that's come out recently. But before we get to that, uh, what have we all been doing this last week? Uh, khakis? <laughs> uh, I mean, Among Us. Yeah, well, there's, among there's us. always the Among Us. That's kind yeah. of the default now for us, I guess. Yeah, yeah that yeah. or League of Legends. Like. Getting truly rehyped about X-Wing. Yeah, buddy, I'm ready. We back, boys. We have been deluged with news recently. Uh, this week, we managed to get an article about the upcoming Wave 8 Her- Heralds of Hope. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that next week when we go into Resistance. We have, when you are listening to this, uh, Wave 7 will be on shelves, so go out to your Ooh. local game store. Uh, lat. We've been, lat, lat indeed. Lat. It is lat time, guys. The lat, lat is lat, here. Lat, 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 lat. Too, and, too far, too far. <laughs> yeah, too far. As of uh, as we're recording this yesterday, so they should already be in all your uh, squad builders. We've got points, folks. Points, we, points, points. And uh, we were won. we were a little shocked by that. So we'll talk about that as we uh, continue on the podcast. And then today, as we are recording this, we did get an FAQ update. Uh, some interesting stuff in there. Some terms that aren't applicable yet, but seem to be looking to future proof the game. Things like structures and allied ships that... Uh, standardized were, upgrades. Standardized upgrades is a neat one that there aren't any of yet. Uh, the points lists have a whole bunch of different keywords now, such as clone, droid, spectre, Mandalorian. Sith. So I think we're going to see, most likely, this is just my wild guess, a new game mode or a number of new game modes similar to the one they had for Battle of Yavin and things like that where only specific pilots are eligible. I, I would think, guess that's also very applicable to a lot of epic stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah but the option for uh, they've put out things for a lot of non-standard play in the last couple of months. Uh, the, and they'll keep doing so. Yeah, the uh, environment cards that come with the fully loaded pack. They've been beta testing the solo play option, and now we've got uh, these new keywords that they might be coming into some non-standard play modes. So it's a, it's a real good time for X-Wing. We've had a long drought, but now, hey, it's it's feast or famine, and we're in the feast portion of it right now. Floodgates are open. <laughs> Floodgates? Flood. Oh, okay. That's way better. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to be anywhere near the, I don't be anywhere near the floodgates. <laughs> the floodgates sound absolutely metal. That's going in my next D&D campaign. <laughs> the floodgates. Floodgates are open. Flee for your life. I am. Trust me. <laughs> One thing uh, we did get last week, and since we're covering the Empire this week, we'll go right into the TIE RB Brute. Uh, it is the new medium-based ship that we saw in Solo. We don't have points for it yet because it's coming out as part of Wave 8 in October, but we did get the article that revealed everything that's, uh, mostly everything we assume, that's going to be in the package. Uh, no two, Brute. 
Exactly. There's no I2, so I don't get to make my I2 Brute Here, joke. I'm so sad. Might as well quit X-Wing. Indeed. <laughs> he hates me. So it's got a pretty decent dial. It's got all the one, two, and three speed maneuvers. It's got three talons for its turnaround, and it's got a four straight. Uh, that's a pretty good dial for a medium-based ship. The blues are the one and two straight and the two banks. The reds are the one hards, three hards, and talons. So that makes it kind of an average medium-based dial. So you've got a lot of options in there. It's, it's got one of the faster medium bases, that's for sure. Absolutely. It's got a two attack, one defense, eight hull, zero shield stat line. It's got a turret that is locked to front back, similar to the TIE SF and the RZ2. And cannons using a front arc are treated as having a turret arc. So that's everything except for the heavy laser cannon at this time. It's basically the TIE SF's missile ability, but on cannons. Correct. Yeah, I mean, the type root kind of seems like it's designed to be a predecessor to the TIE SF, really. Mm -hmm. um, Technology then, gets smaller as it gets advanced. Yeah. And then it's got uh, focus, reinforce, target lock, a red barrel roll, and rotate into red calculate. I don't know why I wrote coordinate in the notes. That would have been awesome. But no, rotate <laughs> into red terrible. calculate. That would have been terrible. <laughs> Stop uh, giving things link into coordinate. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but all in all, it seems like a solid chassis. We've got a generic at initiative one, uh, generic at initiative three, which we assume will be the generic with a talent. And then two named pilots that we saw even earlier in there. Uh, Lighten Dree at Initiative 3, who says, While a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 performs an attack, if you're in the defender's side arc, the attacker may reroll an attack die. Another one of our force multipliers, like Howlrunner and Sinker, but the kind of the inverse of Sinker. If you if the attacker if you're in the defender's side arc, the attacker gets to reroll dice. So it's kind of like he's uh, Almost like a suppressive fire type. Uh, he's significantly worse than Sinker. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's bad, but like you control which what which of your ships are in your side arc. It's a lot harder to control when you are in an opponent's side arc. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Especially like these are relatively fast for medium ships, but they're not particularly mobile. Like they, their only reposition is a red barrel roll. Um, well, natively, but we'll get into what changes that later. Yeah. And then there's the one that I'm actually kind of hyped about. I like this guy, Rampage at Initiative 4. After you execute a speed 3 or 4 maneuver, you may choose one ship in your turret arc at range 0 to 1. If you do, that ship gains one strain token or two strain tokens if you're damaged. With, with no shields, that could happen quite a lot. Yeah. No, I think Rampage is really good. Also, uh, I know I just said I don't think it's very good, but I actually kind of want to take that back a little bit with Lighten. Because uh, I was thinking you had to be only in their side arc, but you don't. You just have to be in it. Right. So that's actually pretty easy. That's easier with a medium base than a small base. My original thought with Lighten was that you can split him up with a swarm and yeah, say which is your opponent him. going. Yeah, which is your opponent going to flank into? Downside, you got to be at range zero to two of that swarm. Yeah, I think so. that's the most awkward part. Is you don't have to be range zero to two of the defender. You have to be range zero to two of the attacker, which makes exactly. it kind of awkward. Right, and I that, don't know. Maybe there's something there. I, he's still like, I think I'd rather just take Hal Runner because it's a lot easier to trigger. But uh, but it's interesting. That, and even though it does say friendly ship at range zero to two, it it doesn't say another friendly ship. So his ability does apply to himself, much like that's Howl true. Yeah, that's actually true. So he does have kind of the the Hal Runner aspect to it. Yeah. It's also not primary attacks only. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I take it back. That's a decent ability. Yeah. Um, I, I still like Rampage is better, but that's agreed, easier agreed. to use. But, right. um, but you yeah, know, there, there might actually be something with a uh, Lytan. Uh, 
one of the, the things they do come with the synced laser cannon so we can assume they have two cannon slots uh we cover these in the hmp it's decent for range control and as we discovered it comes in at a full bum, 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 six, six points. points yeah six. so it's good because it's six points because it's a an ion cannon that can that can do more damage yeah instead of ion um the ability is still blank like still a bad okay card so ability. The reason the ability is okay at all is if you have a calculate and you roll zero eyes, it's just a bonus. You just get to reduce their defense a little bit. But you should under, like, it, there should be zero times you ever spend your only calculate, uh, or you, you don't spend your calculate to deny a range bonus. Like, do the damage where you can. Always spend the calculate. Green dice, green dice are always worse than red dice, especially whenever it's a guaranteed result. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's not going to break the bank. It, it's good, but it's not uh, it, It's not lighting the world on fire. Oh, no, the cannons. Oh, the cannons the cannon is fine. Yeah, the cannons yeah. great. Um, it's just it's, don't save your calculate to deny the range bonus. Yeah, don't get trapped into trying to trigger its ability. It's yeah. like Thane. Don't spend the focus die yeah. when yeah. you have a focus token. It's right. the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but for six points, just having a three, like adding a three die gun to a two die ship is really strong. Yeah, um, or like letting in like I know yeah, before we talked about it, I said it was bad on IGs, but that's because I assumed it would be eight to nine points. Uh, so since it's only six, that's actually pretty good on IGs. Not too bad at all. Yeah, smiddle, smiddle. <laughs> I, I suggested on IGs. <laughs> One of the other neat things is the config that comes with the ship. Uh, interesting that most configurations uh, that we've seen have been zero points that seem to be the, this is obviously intended to go on the ship uh, with the exception of stabilized S-foils and uh, the MGK-300 droid. I say, actually, what I would say is all of the original configurations have been free. Uh, right. Pretty much every new ship has had costed. Yeah, the 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 Aether Sprite configurations cost the droid uh, configuration. I keep forgetting those are configurations. I keep thinking yeah. they're titles because of how they're HMP configuration costs. Yeah, which gives you a white coordinate and a rotate into a white coordinate. Calculate. Uh, calculate, excuse calculate me. Calculate and into white calculate. <laughs> <laughs> no coordinating involved. <laughs> There's no coordinating involved. Apparently that's an autocorrect problem I have. So it gives calculate and rotate into white calculate. Uh, now this is, the SF has uh, the the rotate into, act, or the actions into rotate option. Which is it? Action into white rotate, but this is the rotate into white coordinate and Cal the tar- calculate. Yeah. <laughs> no coordinating. No coordinating. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not going to edit that out. I'll live with my shame. Uh, <laughs> and it says that before you engage, if you have no green tokens and are not stressed, gain a calculate token for each enemy ship in your firing arc at range two to three, maximum of two. That might be, it almost seems like this is meant to be used with the synced laser cannon because you can take a target lock, which you need to fire the synced laser cannon. Uh, target lock or calculate, isn't it? No. It's a the synced laser cannon is just a attack. It's just if you are calculating, you don't apply the range bonus for defense. What's the target lock or calculate that just came uh, You're thinking of the uh, multi-missile pods. There I am. Okay. I knew I was somewhere here. shouldn't be yeah. because they're bad. But you, yeah, you can you can target lock with your action and then get a free double calculate or single calculate, uh, which doesn't sound bad. Yeah, so this one is, I think, closer to the Delta B. It's not going to be 20 points or anything like that. This is just going to be the more expensive of the two, I think. Um, like, 
So the thing is, on low initiative ones, it means you can actually do things like focus for defense and then spend it and then still get a calculate for offense. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can target lock and then still get calculates to get a fully modified shot. Um, so yeah, this is a, a pretty powerful effect. Um, Free even just adding the, the the rotate into white calculate is a pretty big improvement on coordinate into, or God, I want doing it, rotate into red calculate, because uh, they, they don't have great blues. So you don't really want to be stressing them. No. Sure. Although you but, can give them great blues. You can give them better blues, yeah. More expensive uh, yeah. configuration. I'm thinking this could be this could be a decent number of points. Yeah, yeah, so it'll depend on whether they're wanting to price it to where you have the option to run them without configurations, or are they going to make them more expensive, but one of the configurations is going to be free or one, and then this one is, I don't know, a couple yeah, more points. Or, um, no, it can't be standardized. There's two options for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> then we've got the uh, the maneuver assist MGK three hundred, which gives calculate and barrel roll into red calculate. There, I got it right that time, uh, and it reduces the difficulty of your three straight and three bank maneuvers. Uh, gives you more blues, makes you uh, the the barrel roll into red coordinate. Then remember, you don't have to link. Suddenly, you have a white barrel roll option. Makes it yeah. pretty good. Although each time I can think of barrel rolling, if oh hey, I can barrel roll for free and get a calculate to stress myself, which is better than not having any mod at all. Uh, gives it options, but yeah, I, I do think this is the, on on its face, the weaker of the two configurations. Yeah, I mean, it's way better on Rampage, because Rampage wants to be range one. Um, and adding a, adding a white barrel roll is actually a really solid White effect. barrel is a big deal on a medium-based yeah. ship, man. Just ask somebody with a uh, Mist Hunter title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, they have the red one, so it's like an expert handling, but increases the dial a little bit. Um, so I don't think it'll be... I think it'll be relatively cheap. Now, good point, actually. Expert handling is three points on a medium base, so this should be at least that. Uh, not necessarily, because this is... They could want it to be a core part of the ship. Yeah, so this is specific to the ship, whereas expert handling is a generic upgrade. So you have to pay a tax that it can go on anything. True, and but this does, you know, the reduced difficulty of maneuvers... Again, not lighting the world on fire, but that's pretty good if you are a ship that's going to be barrel rolling or linking action. We also we also don't know the philosophy. Do they want it to be the configurations cost extra, or do they want it to be the configurations are a core part, so this one will be cheap, and the other one will be a little bit more? We just don't yeah. know what their mm-hmm. costing philosophy is going to be with the Brute. Mm-hmm. All right. So Similar to, like, you have X-Wings, where the configuration is free, but it's a core part of the ship, whereas the HMP... Uh, clearly they wanted it to be an addition to make your ship stronger, so it costs three points. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, just, we just don't know how they're going to how they're gonna decide. Right. And we'll know here in a few weeks, I'm sure. We also we have so. our first uh, tie-only talent, the Ion Limiter Override, which states, after you fully execute a red maneuver, you may perform a barrel roll action even while stressed. If you do, roll an attack die. On a hit, take a strain token. On a crit, take an Ion. Focus or blanks, take nothing. Uh, it is tie only, so it's limited to all the ships that now have the new tie keyword in the builder, uh, which will include the V-Wing when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, a really solid upgrade, assuming it's not, you know, I mean, points are always dependent, but uh, its ability is pretty powerful. It is. Um, like, if only Reapers had, do, do no, Reapers have talent slots, the named ones do. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, like, this. This gives the Reaper the ability to barrel roll. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's that's pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, anytime you're just adding a ability to take an action after doing a red maneuver, that's pretty strong. Um, especially on like the brute and the reaper, taking an ion isn't a huge deal because it takes two to ion you. Um, it's a little bit worse on the small base ships. Um, taking a strain is nothing on a one agility ship, essentially. Yeah, yeah um, taking a strain is a, a perfectly fine price to pay on a on a one. You, yeah, you, you you're rolling no dice when you were likely to miss it. You know, not get an evade anyway. Yeah, you only had a three eighths chance anyway because you're not taking defensive actions on a one agility ship anyway. And like, obviously, it's nice to roll that one green die, but she should never rely on a green die for defense. Like that's why you have eight hole. You're there to take a few shots, um, and you have the right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so taking the strain isn't a huge deal, and there's still the fifty percent chance you just get a barrel roll for free. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know what this will cost. I wouldn't be surprised if it has a uh, scaling by base size cost to it. Indeed, uh, indeed. In the same way that expert handling does, because right, yeah. barrel rolling and repositioning on larger bases is more valuable. You cover yeah. more ground. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that being said, the the type root has a lot of reds, so this is definitely a decent option for it. Um, indeed. The first thing I thought of was the. Uh, the, the striker with that uh, 1k turnaround and uh, it, yeah, you know, that's true. That would actually but now your four health ship has one agility, <laughs> right? Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it's just it makes it that more knife fighting maneuverable potentially. Also, it's, like having a sloop into a barrel roll is a really strong effect. Like yeah, that, that can put you in all sorts of fun places. Yeah. Um, so one thing I will say about the ion limiter is you're not gonna want to take it nearly as much if you take the maneuver assist because that gives you a white barrel roll. Uh, so like. For example, <laughs> yeah, like the, the barrel roll is red anyway, so if you don't have the white barrel roll, you can just do a one hard and then barrel roll for extra distance. Um, whereas on the other one, you just want to do the two hard and then do a white barrel roll and not be stressed, and that sounds better. But uh, okay. So it might be it might favor, depending on which target assist or assist in GK you take. But Sounds good. And now, the rest of the Imperial faction. We're not going to cover every single ship in the faction. We'd be here all week because... There's a lot. Uh, They're all the same. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, what's done well, what's uh, our personal picks in the faction for a possible sleeper hit, and what might be a trap. But looking at the galactic qualifiers, which we've had three of now, uh, the Empire seems to have uh, tapered off a bit in the cut, and a lot of that is possibly because of more popular lists that are making in there now. But we've seen what has made the cut has been really varied. Uh, in Corellia, we saw Echo, the Grand Inquisitor, and a Delta Defender. Seems pretty good. Uh, Echo, Vader, Soontir. Uh, some scrub running Echo and two Deltas. How is this any good? I don't know. Uh, uh, the yeah. word is, the keyword is two Deltas, which I'll okay. touch on later. Uh, Redline, Whisper, and the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, Rack with Sloan and four Academies. Vader, Inquisitor, Vinder. And Rack Sloan in three Alpha Squadrons. That's uh, pretty varied for one tournament. And then we went over to Dathomir, and we saw uh, Soontir, Vader, a Saber Squadron Ace, and Gideon Hask, which I kind of like as just seemingly random salad, but those are four semi-AC ships. Soontir and uh, Vader are anything but random. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's, it's four I-4 higher ships, yeah. which makes it good uh, against a certain boogeyman. Yep. Uh, Rexler of Wrath with two Sigma Squadron Phantoms. Similar theory there. Uh, a two-ship... Uh, sorry. Uh, Raxlone in the four academies again. Uh, Soontir Vader, a TIE Striker, and a TIE Bomber. Interesting call there. Uh, a list that I really liked. Uh, Faroff, Captain Faroff in the Reaper 
with Admiral Sloat and five dorsal turret tie aggressors. I just watched that lose on YouTube. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, fifth brother and two Delta squadrons. Uh, the Delta defenders. The list that was seventh sister, fifth brother, and two Sigma squadron phantoms. And then the one that I really liked and originally was thinking of as kind of an anti-Nantex list, five Scimitar Squadron bombers with concussion missiles and one with Diamond Boron missiles. That actually seems like a decent idea for kind of the, the anti-Nantex tech, things that can hit a bunch of ships Why at once. Why is it anti-Nantex? Just because it has Diamond yeah, Boron missiles? Diamond Boron. You're able to hit a bunch of them at once and then following that up with concussion missiles. Okay, seems- but realistically... Like, they unless the anti-fire walks into it, you shouldn't get them off, yeah. Like, they should go from out of range to range one, and then PS kill a ship. They should, yeah. I'm saying that this is this is kind of where the direction for anti-tech I'm thinking of is things that do automatic damage. The Diamond Boron Missile, sure, you've got a hit with it, but you have a chance for automatic damage should, on nearby but you should never be able, They shouldn't let you fire the Diamond Boron Missile, is what we're saying. Yeah, there they, is that. They, sh- they should PS kill the Diamond Boron Carrier. Yeah, so, like, looking at it, like... Congrats to the person who took it. Uh, they they had to have outflown people because, like, yeah. you have five I two ships that aren't particularly mobile that have to take a pick up a target lock or yeah, or defensive, mobile or defensive. Yeah, so like he had to have just outplayed people in the opening cage over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, at Conquered Dawn, however, we only saw two Imperial lists make the uh, the second day. Uh, again, the Faroff and Sloan with five Tie aggressors, and then a two ship list of a chonky Rexler Brath and the Grand Inquisitor. The Grandest Inquisitor. Yeah, that, that list there, I uh, believe, is a Supernatural Grand Inquisitor. It was Supernatural and Advanced And Advanced Sense. Sense. Yeah. So, and Concussion Missile. So all of his That is 92 points for a, a, a four-health ship there, but that is a ship that can be anywhere it wants at any time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's first edition... Advanced sensors push the limit, Kylo. Like yeah. it takes whatever two actions it wants, and then it moves, um, yeah. which makes it pretty much impossible to lock down. Um, I mean, the list doesn't do any damage, but it just has to kill one thing and then run for time because mm-hmm. you're also never going to hit it. So, yeah. uh, props to him because that's yep, uh, a crazy list. Knife's yeah. edge. We did see a huge fall off now that the Nantex panic is in full effect. Uh, but I like the variety that it's almost like the uh, Imperial faction is where you're seeing the creativity coming from now. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of variety. Um, I personally don't understand why there aren't more triple aces, like especially yeah. with the Nantex panic going on. Yeah. Triple Super Vader really Inquisitor will destroy the Nantexes. Yeah. It's um, tear it apart. Yeah, or sub out Vader for Whisper or. Yeah. So about Grand Inquisitor for Seven Sister or Fifth Brother, or indeed, like so about something for Rexler. Like there's there's plenty of yeah. of, of variants, three ace options that nobody's even trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, again, I kind of like that five bomber idea, but you pointed out the weakness with it. Uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, some of those. All you gotta do is all you gotta do is outfly everybody. Right. Yeah. So it actually it brings to mind what my dad was. We were talking about last week with the um, was it Dash Wedge where mm-hmm. like. It's not a metal list. If it's something that you just absolutely love and you can get your opening down perfectly, then it's probably something that can do well. But uh, like you are, you're writing such a thin line of you have to get that perfect range three engaged so you can pick up locks before they like move into range two, so that you can still fire all of your shtick. Like okay. I just, uh, yeah, I don't see this how. Guy it's must, you must be a god of tie bombers. Yeah. <laughs> 
And one thing also that I noticed, especially Corellia, uh, Echo made a really, really popular showing more than Whisper. She's uh, dirt cheap now, man. Yeah. Echo is so cheap now. Yeah, Doug, uh, this it, is kind of your ship, so. Uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like her nearly as much as Second Edition. Um, I think it's mostly um, nerf aversion. People went, oh god, Whisper went up, and passive sensors went up on her, and now she's like seven more points than you should be or whatever. Let's move down to the cheaper one and try that. And Echo's still good. Uh, Whisper is still better, in my opinion, but uh, I'm pretty sure in everybody's opinion. Yeah, like Echo's Echo's not bad by any means, and she is dirt cheap, like Smittle said. All right, so uh, Sloan Swarms also a thing. Uh, doesn't seem to be so much as tech against the Nantex because that list doesn't stress itself a whole lot. No, Other but they than, kill it. If the Nantex PS kill an aggressor, right? Then you suddenly then have you, then you kill that that one back because right. you have double stress hurts a Nantex pretty hard. Well, um, and you're getting all those rerolls on your focused aggressors, so you're throwing a ton of fully modified attack dice back at the Nantex that killed your ship. And to be fair, I don't think this is an anti Nantex list. Like uh, both, no, no, it's, no, it's really not. Both of them got knocked. Both of them got knocked out by six Nantex in the cuts. So. Like one, I think both of them went out in top four against six Nantex, actually. Yeah, I like it because it's the closest thing I think you can get to active stress control, but it's stress control that requires your ships to be dying at the time. Why would you like active stress control? Because I like control lists. <laughs> but stress control is the worst kind of control. Anyway, from a mm-hmm. it is. It has a drawback. Yeah. The point. Like right. Um, but yeah, I mean. Good. Yeah, people have been trying to make Sloan, have been trying to find the right slow, Sloan Swarm since, uh, you know, the start of second edition. The the first, the very first second edition meta had the Sloan on Whisper lists that were really good. Yeah. yeah. And since they removed that Sloan on Whisper. Yeah, it turns out when you put Sloan on a ship you can't kill, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> but now you actually get five ships that have great art coverage and are going to be shooting pretty much every turn. Uh, so, like, enabling those rerolls after one dies is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a solid list. All right. Uh, what what are we looking at in this faction that's not solid? What's the uh, the trap that people should not fall into? Bad uh, like. Yeah, like the classic tie swarm, uh, which not that I've seen one in a year. That's but, as uh, I've flown one. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's Dallas Parker up to? Not playing. Yeah, Mary doesn't play X Wing anymore. Yeah. Ah, uh, tie swarms are dead. Yeah, I mean the problem is is that even whenever spam text weren't a thing, Troid swarms are pretty much better tie swarms. Um, it's it's kind of a bummer because they're such an iconic list. But yeah, just... no one's tried Vader in six. But yeah, this may be news to some of our listeners. But I'm not a fan of swarms, and uh, even wow. still, I I don't like that there are other swarms that have overtaken the tie swarm. Just like you said, it's an iconic list. I feel like a tie swarm should always be competitive, just for the the soul of X Wing. Yeah, I like. I, mean, I was a little look to hyperspace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a little bummed that they bumped up Aiden and Howrunner more when they brought the academies down. Like, I think people would have dealt with it for six months if Tie Swarms were a little too good and they could have tuned it back in. But mm-hmm. just because we we haven't seen them at all, we, like the last time Tie Swarms were considered top notch was like the very beginning of Second Edition. Yeah, uh, so after the first points change. Yeah. Uh, and that was it was a hyperspace meta. So that was all, yeah, it was all yeah, hyperspace. and that was when you could run Aiden. Howrunner and a bunch of ships with things like swarm, swarm tactics, tactics in there. Yeah. yeah, it was the the Inferno swarm. Yeah, uh, yeah, classic tie swarms. Not as efficient. 
one of the things that I've been trying to, at least on paper, make work have been the Alpha uh, class Star Wing, the gunboats. They're bad. They're they're really. Uh, I was thinking ion cannon ones. They're you know out there that you can still slam an ion where you don't need the target lock for that. But again, ion control is not an efficient way to win. List. Yeah, honestly, if I'm looking at gunboats, I'm looking at the naked. Like a new for thirty-two points is seven health on two agility. Like yeah. that's really tanky for seven points. Oh, that's yeah. an amazing blocker. Yeah, naked uh, chassis. They're better than one would think. Yeah, but, but there are so, better options at that price point. Well, so what I would look at is you definitely don't want to spam them, but like one or two in an ace list. Like so, maybe something like a Vader Suntier and two gunboats that's akin to the uh, the double Jedi double torrent of a couple metas ago. Okay. Like, I'm not saying that's the list exactly, but something like that, where they're not there for their their guns. They're there to block up stuff and live a long time and be annoying. Mm. I, I've tried Blockers that. Blockers slam is pretty good. Yeah. Right. Slam's good in there as a blocker. Uh, almost every time I think, hey, I could fit a gunboat in there, I keep thinking, well, couldn't I have an interceptor instead? And that kind of yeah. just leads me down different rabbit holes. But uh, again, they are they do have slam in there. They're a good blocker, but because they have so many slots and they have that whole neat slam and then shoot thing, uh, you run into the, it feels almost like an obligation to use those slots they have. And thus you make them overpriced and the more points you put on them, the worse they become. Yeah. Um, like in this specific meta, it might be worth looking at them over like an alpha interceptor, just because that seven health is a lot harder to PS kill. It's pretty. Uh, it'll take more Nantech shots to kill. A, yeah. All all that said, you're not wrong. That's a trap. It's probably never correct to bring a gunboat. <laughs> all right. And uh, what's our picks for sleeper hits? What is going to? Uh, what hasn't been popular but should be? Alex, you want to go first on this one? I mean, defenders, man. Like, <laughs> fly them. Also, if you think they're too expensive, you're stupid, and I hate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you might think I'm joking, but I'm actually not. <laughs> um, well, you're definitely wrong if you think they're too expensive. Let's put it that and way. And I hate you. <laughs> so but, the interesting uh, thing yeah. about the Defenders, I mean, we've seen the Deltas and uh, Breath uh, make their appearances, but we haven't seen any of uh, Vessery or Ryad. I mean, Vessery and Ryad's abilities are both more niche than... Rexlers and they're low initiative and they're more expensive. Rexler is I five and Delta's are I one. Yeah, um, both of them um, and are ridiculously tanky for their sixty-seven points. Yeah, and then Rexler is I five. It can utilize stuff like advanced sensors to arc dodge and punish. So that's why those two are the ones being flown. You never see the Onyx squadrons either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't hit Spamtex with the double defender echo list, but I wouldn't have been afraid of it. Yeah, it feels like a pretty good matchup with double uh, defender. Points. Defenders shrug off two attack die shots like nobody's business. And um, really don't care that much about three attack die shots. Yeah, like, obviously if I land in six bullseyes, I'm dead, but that's my fault, not the list. How do you, how? Yeah, how? <laughs> how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, Nantex have a really good time on target, but like have to tractor beam themselves to do it and delta shoot every turn yeah, they just because their, their biggest strength is that they're always that. shooting yep i yeah. really think double delta is the best place to start an empire list all right yeah i mean my only argument would be trip trip in bases that we talked about earlier like um the other option other than just brute force tanking nantex is just never be shot by them and ps kill them i also Ooh, am super yeah. intrigued by the advanced sensor supernatural inquisitor yeah uh 
Man, that feels like a long day, though. <laughs> yeah, or not, long. Like, I think the casual night is fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, that list, probably... uh, I look at that, and that's two incredibly powerful aces. But all I can think of is you've got to be playing at like full high blood pressure stress the entire time. Also, I play so to be fair, a lot of Supernatural Kylo, and that list goes to time a lot. And Kylo has three attack dice all the time, and four attack <laughs> dice at range one. And <laughs> The Grand Inquisitor only gets three when he has concussion missiles, and like he's not going to be spending the force to throw. And, and when he has a spare force, yeah, which he never does because he's got supernatural and just general <laughs> needing force. Like, um, so I, I, I mean, props again to that guy. That's it's a crazy list. Uh, it could awesome. not have been fun to play against though, because there's yeah. no way he engaged. Like he just <laughs> he just drove you nuts, not getting shot at, and plinking <laughs> one damage here every thirty minutes, and then oh. killing one ship. Yeah, that, that's got to be a rough one. Uh, my call was going to be the TIE Bomber, but again, you pointed out that the low initiative and unmaneuverability, because uh, a lot of that was predicated on our concussion bombs going to be a thing. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about their concussion bombs. Three points. Yeah, I think they're pretty yeah, good. They're in all my lists now, boys. And to I'm be clear... I'm oh, sorry. Uh, so I'm serious looking at a trajectory simulator NIM with concussion bombs. That's yes. how cheap they are. And uh, to be clear, I don't know that necessarily that bombers aren't good or even aren't good against Nantex. I just don't think the five bomber list is good against them. Mm -hmm. um, if you could maybe create a, like a four of them in Jendin, there might be something there. Like something where you can reliably get the target locks off. It's a completely different ballgame. Uh, I have actually been working on something to that effect, and I don't mind sharing it here. So you guys can uh, tell me live how uh, bad it is. It is a 199-point list. That starts with, of course, uh, Darth Vader, because you want to have something that can do your acing and killing. Uh, Vader with afterburners and passive sensors, kind of your your ideal Vader. Uh -huh. And then three TIE Bombers, uh, one of them with concussion missiles, seismics, or which can be uh, concussion, concussion bombs. bombs now, yeah. And skilled Bombardier. One with concussion missile prox mines and skilled Bombardier. One with Diamond Boron Missiles, Prox Mines, and Skilled Bombardier. So they're all slightly different builds to not make easy target priority on one of them as much. And uh, Agile can fire missiles and bomb. Uh, gives some options there. But your point to the fact that they're still stuck at I-2, yet if they can bomb and at least uh, one of them can reload and run away, not necessarily a bad idea. Uh, Prox Mines were just an initial thought. Dropping those to seismics, which I think are possibly better against Nantex than concussion bombs. Uh, covers more of a wide area. Yeah, I mean, the concussion bombs, you can just carpet bomb the crap out of everything, um, <laughs> which has its advantages. Um, it, like, it definitely might not be bad to throw one seismic in there. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing I made real quick that you could also look at is you can do... Oh, I have an Omicron, not Jendon. That might make a big difference. Uh... It does make a big difference. <laughs> Never mind. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at a uh, Lambda with Sloan and four scimitars with concussion bombs and concussion missiles, but uh, with Jendon, that's a one. That's a two o two. So oh. the points work. Yeah, that's uh not not a terrible idea though. I I kind of like where the head's at there. Uh, well, you could drop okay. one of those. You you could drop one of those bombers to a uh a gunboat blocker. I say, yeah, you could do that. Uh, also, so it's Jendin with Sloan, uh, a scimitar with ion missiles and concussion bombs, a scimitar with diamond boron and concussion bombs, and then two with concussion missiles and concussion bombs, and that's 199. 
Oh, okay. Um, and you can make one of the concussion seismics if you wanted, or you know, throw in a little variety here and there. Uh, but that gives you some decent alpha strike that you can actually reliably pick up, and it's punishing if they PS kill something. Now, just as an odd thought that we've been discussing this for the first time in the second edition meta, is a side effect of the Nantex panic suddenly bombs are possibly going to become a viable strategy? Because it seems like a pretty good answer to them. Uh, uh, well, I mean, bombs have been overcosted in the second in second edition so far, but the concussion bomb looks to be appropriate. <laughs> They're not. Yeah, um, <laughs> but that could be one reason. Um, so the thing about bomb spam is if the Nantex player is smart, they'll just split up and make it a lot less effective. But you have to be able to follow up only killing a couple of Nantexes with the bombs. Yeah. Um, but like I've seen everybody joust Nantexes and in return, I've seen Nantexes just joust everybody. So if they stick in their block, then your bombs are going to have a field day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a uh, give and take. Uh, All right. I, I'm not going to say this is an Nantex counter but it's probably something that makes Nantexes think. That's why All I'm right. trying Trajectory Simulator Nim. <laughs> we know there's one thing X-Wing players don't like to do, it's think. True. We like to joust. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I think we've decided that the Empire, kind of, uh, again, wide open, a lot of creativity, a lot of design space to work with there. Uh, kind of the option to, whatever your play style is, the Empire's got something for you. They are all-inclusive. Uh, the truth is, Empire's been one of the most OP factions in all of 2nd Edition. Like, for they, the entire time. Yeah, they're an OG faction, so they have one of the largest ship pools. And unlike the other two factions, they don't have any like super lame ducks. Yeah, like Pretty much every and one of the ships is pretty usable. They have easy access to Force. Yep. And the best ace options, other than maybe Jedi. Indeed. Yeah, they have a lot of good pieces. And even with nerfs, all those pieces are still really good. Alright. And now, uh, moving on to their successors, the First Order. Uh... Probably one of the least played factions in Extended, but we saw an interesting, uh, the opposite of the Empire. We saw more First Order lists make the cut as these uh, Galactic Turns Qualifiers have gone on. And stuff lower initiative than Kylo. Yeah. And yet, only half the lists actually contained Kylo. At first, I was ready you to say that. It. You say that, Matt, but if you look at it, uh, there's no, Hylos, no Kylos in Corellia. And then there's one at Dathomir, and then there's three out of three at Concord Dawn. So yeah, people are figuring out again that yeah. Kylo's really Kylo's good. good uh, yeah. Especially in, a, in an I-4 meta. So at Corellia, we saw a quick draw with three uh, FOs and two SFs. Uh, and a list that was Scorch, Vonreg, Hollow, Rebus, and an Epsilon cadet. Wow. Yeah, that... Goofy list. Yeah, it's goofy, but list. it's... Oh, I wouldn't call it bad at all. I'd say it's a, it's a toolbox. It doesn't have right it's, off the bat. It wouldn't seem to have a lot of synergy, but it's uh, it did reasonably well. I mean, Rivas works with uh, tie barons amazingly well because mm-hmm. they target lock all the time. Uh, and Scorch is a known solid tie fo, and then Epsilons are cheap. Like it's it's five decent ships. Like none of yeah. them are S tier, but none of them are like they're all like A tier ships. You just put a bunch of decent stuff together and you know make it work. Yep. And then uh, Dathomir which uh, I had to look to make sure you couldn't spell Dathomir without Hollow, but apparently you can. Uh, Hollow, Muse, Rebus, and three Epsilons. Hollow, Kylo, and two Epsilons. Hollow, and three Silencers. Uh, yeah, London loves them some uh, Hollow. Yeah, I mean, Hollow's, Hollow's good. It's a uh, Tiberian that gets to get rid of the downside of being a Tiberian. 
um, at the cost of somebody else getting it. But all of those lists have that's what epsilons are for. Yeah, epsilons yeah. are you know bringing three signars. One of them's not going to be getting shot at, so you eat the strain over to them. And uh, yeah, it's uh... yeah. throw Kylo in there, and it becomes an even more bad day. Yeah, yeah. But then, as you said, we get to Concord Dawn. There's Kylo's everywhere because people found out that uh, Kylo's good against Antics because Kylo's good against everything. Indeed. Uh, Kylo, Von Reg, and Quick Draw, which was a really interesting stream game against five A-Wings. Uh, the classic Kylo, Von Reg, and Tabson. Kylo, Hollow, and Tabson. And uh, the Focho made it to uh, day two somehow. Uh, I, did it, I, I thought it, it made top 32, but it didn't make day two. Well, yeah, top 32 is what I was looking at there. That's it should have made day two because of how everything else worked, but uh, well, there's a smaller, smaller player pool. So smaller player pool indeed. But uh, yeah, Kylo I five has uh, the force pretty good there. I hear. Uh, I mean, Kylo's the best ship in the game, especially yeah. after Obi Wan got nerfed. Like thousand percent. Um, yeah, ten thousand percent. Like the, <laughs> the orange number being slightly smaller than the best orange number is the only reason he's not like always number one, the best ship in the game. Oh. If you um, could, if you could fly Kylo at higher initiative, it would just be a nightmare. Yeah, it's already a nightmare at, at I five. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, um, it's bar- you're barely involved as the opponent anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's he's just Soontier with twice the health, and instead oh. of having to line up bullseyes for his focus, he gets it for free. Like in two purple numbers. Why? Yeah. Uh, so good. You know, and I. Ironically, almost a blank pilot ability because I've never seen anybody actually use his. I'll show you the dark side. I have. I've used it quite a few times. It's it's situational. Like it's mostly against things moving after you, uh, which since he's a five and usually has a little bit of a bid, isn't often. But uh, but like panicking something that moves after you is really strong. I'd imagine that you know you wouldn't want to use your last force on it. Uh, yeah, it's situational. Uh, his his ability isn't great, but it doesn't have to be because the ship is so strong. Yeah, yeah. One of the other great things in the faction is the C shuttle, which we now have points for. Uh, and going over those real quick, we've got uh, the Commander Malorus at forty three, Gideon Hask at forty, uh, Agent Terex at forty two, and the First Order Courier, the generic, at thirty eight, which is pretty good for a carrier. Uh, the crew that comes in, Tarek's crew at six points. Uh, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, Pyre at five, Malaris at seven, and the sensor buoy suite at four, which is kind of about where we guessed it would be. And the automated targeting things at one. Yes, indeed. Automated target priority at one. Uh, so looking at the first order, how it's worked out, it's got... It, you've mentioned that it's kind of still the hyperspace faction because everything in its hyperspace legal almost. Uh, we've seen kind of a, a number of different archetypes there, but recently Kylo very good. Is this kind of where you want to start building a list is start with Kylo and work from there? That's where I want to start building a list. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say that I think the first order is still a hyperspace faction. Um like, not that you can't play them extended. Uh, I still just think that there aren't any options that they bring that other factions can't bring better. Um, outside of Kylo, they don't really have an ace. And uh, their efficiency options are generally more lackluster compared to other factions. Um, I mean, with the addition of the Z, they do a couple of cute things that other factions can't do. Like, Terex is amazing at six points. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, like I, I would definitely start with Kylo, but I'm an ace player, so uh, I do think there might be something with Gideon or Malaris in the Z shuttle, and then a bunch of TIFOs or TISFs. Um, uh, I actually did have something for that. It's uh, Commander Malaris with Tactical Officer and General Hux, and then three Sinar Jameis Engineers comes out to 199 points. I think I would do Terex instead of Hux. Uh, I thought the tri- triple coordinate might not be a, uh, a bad yeah, idea. Their blues on a medium base aren't amazing. Um, it might not be bad. Uh, like red cord. Well, because you, you also have to have tack officer, right? In order to, to yeah. do hooks. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's actually a very big points investment. I think is my problem with it. Um, that's still fifty five points. That's not a whole lot. Uh, the other option would be to. I mean, it's a lot for a ship to provide zero offense. All right, for the same uh, points, you can swap out uh, Hux for Agent Terex and go just eating a calculator around for a while. You can also drop. Uh, you drop tactical tactics. officer if you, you know, because if you're throwing that calculator around, you don't necessarily need to be coordinating. And you've also got uh, the options to throw uh, Gideon Hask instead of Malorus to save you some points. And the Sinar Jameis engineers can use his ability reasonably well. Other thing you can do with those points is put biohex crypt codes and the sensor buoys on there. So you can yeah. target like your ships across the map to coordinate them across the map. Let me look at something real quick because you, you can absolutely fit both of those on there. So Gideon Hask with uh, the sensor buoy suite, Agent Terex, and biohexacrypt codes is only 51 points, which gives you, you know, some more room to work with there. That's not too bad at all. Uh, you could even go up to uh, Commander Malorus if you want. Commander Malarus's ability, of course, that uh, while a friendly ship remains zero to two performs a primary attack, it has to take a strain token to reroll the blank results. Mm-hmm. Now, on an I three like the Silencer, strain not a good thing. You said right. I mean, strain's never ideal, but like that's so. So if you put a strain on the Silencer, it becomes an X wing, which is still good. Right, and they're I one, so they've probably already been shot at. So then you just do a blue next move and the strain means nothing. Oh, and they fair. have amazing blues. That um, they do. Yeah, so uh, another list I was looking at is you can do Malaris with Terex, Sensor Buoy, and Biohexacrypt. And then you can do three Zetas, which are the I2 TISFs, and two Epsilons. And that's 200 points exactly. Uh, and so you have a six-ship list, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's a super tanky list. Uh, you essentially have Hellrunner anytime yeah. you roll blank. Um, and again, like you're straining yourself, but you're shooting at all I2 and I1, and in this minute, that's probably last. Um, so reasonably, I, I'm trying to think of the math here, and I'm sure Alex will correct me on this, but Malaris's ability to reroll blanks, if you're focused, isn't that almost effectively the same thing as advanced optics? Because you're likely to reroll into a focus or... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not predator. exactly the same. Yeah. It's, yeah. But the fact that all your ships can use it at the cost of a strain, where you've got good blues afterwards anyway. Yeah, it's, not, it's a great card. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so, as far as ace lists, I was also looking at, at Malaris, and you'll see a common trend here. The Malaris that I've been building a lot is Terex, Biohexacrypt, and Sensor Buoy, uh, which is 54, which is a little more than I like for how little offense the ship will put out. But uh, Sensor Buoy and Biohexacrypt means that you have super long range coordinates pretty reliably. Uh, Terex means you can yeet out calculates, and then once you're done doing that, you have a 50% chance to jam people up to range three, which is also really good. <laughs> I love uh, that. Also, they have so a much. yeah, they have a white jam action, so uh, that's a really although, good action. Yeah, um, so it's it's a solid control piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then with the rest of the points, you can do Kylo with sense, 
and a naked blackout. And blackout is better than I think people give him credit for. Um, you don't like just he's a generic i5 silencer. Like his ability, if it goes off, great. Once a, once a be, year, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you should never be trying to force his ability. Um, but especially if there's a Terex on the board, if you give Blackout a calculate on turns that he's either shooting or being shot at, he's essentially Kylo Light. He's um, got one. He's a one force Kylo. Yeah, um, for a decent discount. And then you have sense on the board. You have three fives, so you're uh, you have protection against sixes, and you have a lot of mobility. Uh, you have Terex, who's or you have Malarus, who's passing out calculates and has coordinate uh, at potentially infinite range. He's a good control piece midway through the game. Uh, and then you have two silencers that are a pain in the ass to kill uh, and put out pretty good damage. Um, yeah, Doug and I kind of came up with this together this afternoon. Yeah. Um, he had the Malarus build, and I had Kylo Blackout in a different Malarus. We just kind of combined our lists into. You got your chocolate in his peanut butter, et cetera. Yeah. Yep. He got I, his. I, I, so I, don't, really, I really like that. Yeah, I don't know that it's top tier. Um, I think it would struggle a lot into Imperial Aces, but pro tip, I think a lot of things struggle into Imperial Aces. Uh, <laughs> Nothing does. Yeah, uh, but I think this is like I think this has a decent matchup into Nantex. You can okay. pour a lot of dice into one to try and PS kill one. Uh, you're really hard to keep uh, everybody shooting at the same ship. Um, Malarus can kind of just go off and do whatever he wants if he needs to Turtle to stay alive yeah. and just jam people at range three, and that seems pretty good. Um, Agreed. Yeah, so I, uh, I I think the list has some some options. All right. Uh, with the, everything in this faction also being hyperspace legal, uh, what seems to be is there is there a trap here? I mean, we we know there are some suboptimal ships, but is there anything that seems to be that uh, that that glowing brass ring that people are going to want to grab and it's just not going to pan out? Say something controversial. Okay. It's blackout when you're trying to use his pilot ability. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Blackout is a bad ship if you try to use his pilot ability. Yep. Yeah, don't don't put the 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 trick shot on him and try and keep. Yeah, because at that point you pretty stuff. much also have to put prime thrusters on him and then bring debris so that you can just kind of go over the debris and still move around, and it's not good. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, if if you're trying to force that ability and like so, a lot of the named silencers are pretty much traps. Uh, I would say Avenger in the correct list isn't a trap, and Kylo is never a trap. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them, you have to really have a purpose for bringing them. I've been I flew back out for a while in the previous meta, and I really enjoyed him. But I ignored his pilot ability. He's yeah. just a he's just a suit here, but with twice as much health. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other one I'd say is a trap is Pyre, the new crew. Uh, is the exact same price as Phasma, and I think I would take Phasma one hundred percent of the time over Pyre. Now, Pyre uh, is the one that uh, during setup you start out an enemy ship with two stress. Yeah, and the, and the, it has the, the second part's the better part. Yeah, it's slow and put on defense. Right. Right. Yeah, so yeah. if they're stressed, you get to reroll a die on defense, and mm -hmm. like that's an okay ability. But um, overall, I think why not take him and Phasma? I mean, you can, but there's so many good crew. Why are you using two cruise clots on? Also, the Phasma phase? stresses at the end phase, and then they just clear that stress. Yeah. yeah. So the big thing is Phasma is pretty solid and isn't bad, but she's not a metaphorse. So if I'm picking her over Pyre every time, I think Pyre's a bit of a trap. All right. And what are we looking at in this faction for our sleeper hits? What's uh, flying under the radar? Doug, you'd already mentioned Blackout. Uh, anything else that jumps out at you? Maybe automated target priority. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I know I called this a, a hot garbage card. Uh, One point. First about it. 
but it came out at one point and uh <laughs> i believe i said in that episode that if it was one point it might be worth looking at um uh, I think automated target priority is still only good on like the naked Absolutely. epsilons, maybe the zetas. Uh, one interesting thing that I didn't realize is that it's not first order only. Yeah. So it might be decent on like I1 A wings, RZ2 A wings. Oh uh, my God. Hear me out. Quad jumpers. Yeah. Quad jumpers oh, were yeah. what I was thinking of. That's actually, that's actually seems pretty decent on quad jumpers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it actually really it garbage anyway. Like, especially because they're. Their They're tractor beaming, so they don't have a mod. But then, yeah. next time they tractor beam, they get a calculate. Yeah, uh, I gotta free up two points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. there you go. Automated target priority approved on quad jumpers. Um, yeah, actually, that, probably pretty good on quad jumpers. Yeah, because yeah. you're gonna shoot the closest one anyway. Because it's a it's a wimpy attack anyway. Yeah. So why not just do that to have mods sometimes? All that said, I think it's a trap to put it like if I brought a. TIFO swarm, like six of them in Malaris or whatever. I don't think I'd want to put automated target priority on all of them Ugh. because then you can run into the problem of IPS killed a ship with the first two ships, or I killed a ship with the first two shots, and now the other four still have to shoot at the same target. Yeah, uh, right. What you can do is it's not ru- which one's closest by ruler. So it's if you have multiple range. at that range band, you can still choose to shoot other ships. Mm-hmm. Some of that might have been missed. Yeah, but the the more of them you bring, the bigger the penalty of I have to shoot at the closest thing will come into effect. Oh no, Constantino can't take automated target priority. I'm getting rid of his composure to put automated target computer on Omkar Plutt instead. (laughs) All Um, right. Uh, So yeah, that's a that's a maybe sleeper hit. It still could be in the trap golem. I'm not sure. We'll find out. I'll come report back after a crit. Yeah, Alex. (laughs) uh, Anything that jumps out at you for a sleeper hit here? A sleeper hit. Uh, the generic SFs, like just the naked Zetas, are pretty solid. They always have. They have been for a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're not great in a Nantex meta, but the Nantex meta is not going to exist forever. Also, they might not be awful in a Nantex meta. They are tanky AF. Yeah, they're hard to PS kill, uh, even and with shots. And their time time on targets amazing. If you don't like, if you just point the arc backwards and have two two die arcs, their time on targets amazing, and they're they're really efficient. True, true. Uh, speaking also of SFs, my pick there is uh, Lieutenant LeHughes. Uh, I-5, SF with a good ability in uh, some of these four or more ship lists or alongside some uh, pseudo-aces like uh, Kylo and Blackout, LeHughes can be pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, He's great with Barons. Yeah, so I think LeHughes rides that line between Trap and Sleeper Hit, which is kind of weird. But uh, like, it's definitely easy to make Lehu's a trap. Uh, like, if you are wasting locks on good shots to give Lehu's a reroll, or if Lehu's rolls garbage and then you burn somebody else's lock to reroll it, that's bad. Things like that. Um, but the potential of just like, here's my I five ship with a good shot. Let's PS kill something is pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would take Lehu's if you have less than four, probably even less than five. Um, Although one thing to consider is uh, the sensor buoys on like a, an Upsilon or a G could be easy target locks that Lehuse can steal. True. Um, especially a, a C that's a support ship anyway. Like giving up its two die shot to give like a gun or Lehuse a better shot could be pretty strong. Okay, that's definitely, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. I, I really like that idea. The uh, So looking at just some quick points there, throwing... Uh, the sensor buoy suite on a first order courier is only 42 points. Lehuse, 
Yeah. One other thing I would—I just thought of is quick draw in a world where Terex exists is a much stronger. <laughs> That's before, true. Yeah, like quick being draw, able to give him a calculate to have a second mod is real big. Yeah, it's a big mm-hmm. deal. Like I think uh, you probably, quick draw. Oh, oh, you mean, you mean Terex crew? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking you meant Terex in the uh, the shuttle because who can hand out the illicits? Because somebody pointed out that now that you can theoretically put inertial dampeners on quick draw. And just trigger your double shot whenever you like during I'm the. I'm gonna put this in my trap column. Can I? Yeah, can I go that, put, yeah. that column and put that there? <laughs> no, what I mean is giving quick draw is amazing with extra mods and pretty meh as is. So yeah. giving quick draw access to those mods is a big deal and actually can probably bump his efficacy up quite a bit. Uh, another thing to point out is that Terex is not in action or anything when he's still on his human side, right. which means if you have a quick draw next to you, you can give him a calculate and then coordinate a focus, and then he moves at I6 and picks up a target lock. And now he's actually got three mods for his two shots. Yeah. Okay, so that, so, that actually has a lot of potential. So for 197 points, you can run a shuttle, uh, the First Order Courier with Sensor Buoy Suite, Lieutenant LeHughes with Special Forces Gunner, Von Reg and Hollow. Uh... Six five five target lock. Yeah, I I get where you're coming from, but that list is so easy to kill. Yeah. Like, the thing is, uh, tie barons are actually really really squishy, uh, so they need stuff to pull attention from them. Um, like I think what I would do in that situation is go down to like a bunch of tie FOs instead of von Regen Hollow, or if you can, maybe drop one of them for two tie FOs or three tie FOs or something. I don't. I don't know. Uh, the only other thought I have is that uh, the First Order Courier isn't necessarily bad at 38, but Gideon and Malaris are super cheap, so you should just upgrade to them. Uh, okay. You could replace. You could upgrade to Gideon and replace uh, the two Barons with Kylo and a Zeta Squadron Survivor. So here's a list I just built. It's Malaris and the Gs, I see. With Biohexacrypt, Sensor Buoy, and Terex. Quick draw with crack shot, special forces gunner, and shield upgrade, and Kylo, and it still has six points left for an optics on somebody, or a Ooh. sense on Kylo, or Jody have sense. Or a sense on Kylo. Yeah, yeah I don't only, know. only having two shooting ships. Uh, well, no, because that's right. Uh, Malaris is an I five. Yeah. Also, double A support ship has always been a. It's always been a thing. Also, mm-hmm. Malaris's ability is actually just freaking bread and butter for quick draw. I get yeah. to reroll a die, and it gets easier for me to lose a shield. <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I mean, Malice Quick Draw is a really solid combo, and then Kylo fits in every list. Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. going back to your list, Matt, I I think you want five ships with Lehuse. Okay. Like, uh, just whenever you're reading off those lists, I'm like, it's it's not necessarily that it's bad. It just the less ships you have, I think the easier it is to fall into the trap of pulling a lock off somebody for Lehuse when you shouldn't. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. You uh, you know, you could take that LaHughes and actually run for 200 points. Malaris with Sensor Gooey, Sweet, and Terex. Uh, LaHughes with Special Forces Gunner and four Epsilons. Yeah, like that seems pretty good. Because mm-hmm. now, now think about it, like you can have an Epsilon that goes in for a block, picks up a target lock. It's not shooting that target anyway. LaHughes gets a target lock. Exactly, and then you've got oh. Sensor Gooey, Sweet out there to use uh, Malaris's target locks. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's something, uh, and again, I'm not much of a First Order player. Uh, I have not really gone in on them in 2nd Edition in the way that I used the, uh, the TIE FOs a lot in 1st Edition. But this, uh, the Xi-Class Shuttle, I'm liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, 
Yeah, it's one of those ships that, like, on paper seems really lackluster, but uh, really what it is is it's just something that fits in a point range First Order hasn't had. It is, uh, it's a support ship that doesn't take up a third of your list, looking at the Epsilon. Like, right. um, so it, it, it opens up a lot of options for them, which I'm, I'm really excited about. We just mentioned that the, uh, the gunboat actually has a decent stat line of 2252 with, uh, you know, its cost. That's the exact same stat line as the Zyklas shuttle there. It is, yeah. I mean, the difference is in a small base with slam versus a slow medium base is pretty right. significant. Yeah, but in terms of raw defensibility, yeah, they're the exact same. Hull tank versus dodge tank. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a thing. I was looking at it. It's it's not a pure support ship because it's got a lot of uh, offensive assist options there, but it is a it's a good support ship. That can also kind of uh, fend for itself a bit because uh, Malaris's ability works on herself uh, because she is a friendly ship at range zero. Yep. Uh, Gideon Gideon's does not because his is specifically for friendly small ships. No, it's while you or a friendly small ship at range zero too. Oh, okay. So so Gideon's does work for himself. Okay. Yep. Uh, um, explicitly so. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then also they have white jam, which you should never forget about because white jam is oh, huge. Jam is good. Jam uh, is such an underrated ability, man. Like if you can jam the focus off of an ace, you should do it 100% of the time. Because that focus is worth so much more than any action you could take on your shuttle. Mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, especially if you've got multiple arcs on them. The, uh, the thing about you know the white jam there makes me really wish that the First Order had ISB Slicer. No, go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Imperial only, and thankfully Imperials do not have access to easy uh, jam actions. The Reaper is the only one, but luckily yeah. its style is so bad it doesn't get actions. Yeah, you, you can't really chase things down easily yeah. with a Reaper and jam them. So... First order, uh, still stronger in hyperspace than extended, but it's made a decent showing, and the uh, Xi adds a lot more tools to the toolbox there. Yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely willing to be wrong about uh, my stance that it's a hyperspace faction with the addition of the Z, the Xi, the the eleven shuttle. Yeah, I, I personally like the eleven shuttle. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it it does open up enough options that maybe there's there's something there that fits into that top tier of extended lists. But All right. And uh, since we did get points this week, we did cover the uh, HMP gunship and the LAT in previous uh, episodes. But now that we have points on them, does that color some of our opinions of what we previewed there? LAT. Uh, so every... So all of the ships are more expensive than I expected them to be. Yes. And all of the upgrades are cheaper than I expected them to be with the exception of multi-missile pods, which you should never take ever. Cause they're oh, hot. Why would you not take barrage rockets? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. barrage rockets is better people. Don't take multi-missile yeah. pods. So the wait, wait they come down to four points. Yeah. The HMP in particular, I'm really bummed about, uh, it just so seems really bad to be blunt. Like, it feels like at 34 points, the configuration should be free to me. Because mm -hmm. um, even then, like you're statistically, you're a Y wing with a 180 degree arc instead of a 90 degree arc, but you're calculate instead of focus. And like Y wings aren't tearing up the meadow with their jousting efficiency. Uh, I never have. <laughs> yeah. So like adding extra arc coverage isn't really going to be a big Don't deal. Don't say ion cannon hot or better. Uh, uh, those were also 40-point ships. They weren't 32-point ships or whatever Y-Wings cost now. The yeah. point is, they feel grossly overcosted, especially if you put the side slip 
config on them, which is a bummer because the side slip config is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, if you've got if you've got the points and you don't know what to put in your list, uh, you know, honestly, I, I was looking at yeah, exactly. I was going to say two vultures. Uh, do that yeah. instead. The only uh, thing I've looked at with them that looks maybe decent is the Genosian prototype, which is the only one that can take cannons. Uh, so you give it the synced laser cannon and the the side slip configuration, and that's forty four points. And it still feels worse than most of the things in that price range, but like it's similar to a Wookie. They both have eight health on one agility. Uh, you trade the reinforce for the side slip, which gives them even better time on target. Um, but then your three die primary is only it's only out of the front arc instead of one hundred eighty degrees. You're down to you know two dice out of the the far mm -hmm. sides. But that's still a ship that's got really good time on target and has de decent damage output and is relatively tanky. Um, that still doesn't seem amazing, though. No. Uh, but the lat, on the other hand, the pilots, yeah, uh, pilots came in higher than expected, but understandable given the uh -huh. pure support nature of the ship and what it can bring as a force multiplier. Uh, ah, the force multiplier. Yeah. Oh, that's a comedy. So a lot of the stuff came in a quite a bit under what we had expected. Uh, uh, I expected Ayla and Yoda to cost exactly what they costed. I just yeah, I just wanted them to cost more. Yeah, we wanted yeah. them to like, cost. The more. crew came in exactly where I expected them to be. Yeah, yeah Ayla at sixteen points. Oh, the, the, that's gonna uh, that's gonna hurt. On the bright side, uh, Lat with her still cost sixty five points. Yeah, because the Lat is fifty one. Mm -hmm. Like when the Lat came out, I kind of recoiled when I saw fifty one. But then I started list building, and it's still a really good ship. Yeah, yeah buddy. like uh, I think the Lat is going to be interesting because it's the first like true support ship they've built. Like you can you can make this thing just like the epitome of helping out other ships in your list. Uh, like if you put seven fleet gunner on it, and then you just point its arc at enemy ships and you bump up attack dice of your CLT Jedi and give them rerolls. And now that ship is an absolute monster, but they have to choose between burning through your 10 health ship or burning through the ship that's actually dealing damage. Right. You fly it like a specter. And yeah. by that, I don't mean the ghost. I mean the uh, AC-130 gunship for uh, the U.S. Air Force, which is a large ship that its job is fly around in a racetrack, a circle around whatever target it is, and fire this gigantic 20 millimeter auto cannon or any of the other six cannon options it has and just decimate anything on the ground. Uh, while you're not putting out that kind of firepower with a lat, it's very easy with that dial to just circle the battlefield with your arc pointed sideways, giving your friendlies rerolls, giving uh, the uh, 7th Fleet Gunner, because if you're not going to shoot, oh, I'm taking weapons disabled, and I've lost a two-die shot. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, at this point, I don't see myself bringing all that without 7th Fleet Gunner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, we were, we were we looking at yeah. yeah. it. Is, it is better to 7th Fleet Gunner a CLT Jedi than to fire with the lat. Assuming it has the bullseye, obviously. But, uh... Yeah. Right, and so you've got the options for that 7th Fleet Gunner with a couple Jedi, with uh, mix and match torrent swarms. It's it's not also, cheap. You're paying for you're paying for the yeah you're paying for the support ability, but it's a good support ability. Seventh Fleet Gunner plus that chassis ability, it's that's solid. I would yeah. rather you know I'll, I'll forego a two die attack in order to have my Delta Seven Jedi shooting four dice with a target lock effectively and a focus. Another thing to look at is you can sub in Warthog for Sinker in the Sinker Swarm, and it's the exact same cost. Um, yeah. So 
couple you less torrents get rerolls. Yeah, potentially. Like, but you remove the ability to BPS killed. Uh, and you can actually do something kind of interesting. You can do Warthog with 7th Fleet Gunner, and then you can do five dedicated torrents, the I-3s, and I think you still have a couple points left over. Rerolls all over the place. For yeah, you. like you're just you're just modifying dice out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. You have two points left over. Yeah. Some other interesting things that came out of the uh, the points were that again, concussion bombs, three points. Uh, suppressive gunner. I'm a little surprised on the costing. Uh, it's inverse based on size: eight for a small, seven for a medium, six for a large, three for a huge. Uh, you can throw them on anything that can take a gunner, but that's eight points, and I'm not certain. That for its ability, it's it's worth the eight points on a small base. I think they were being a little conservative because it's only negative effects, like <laughs> for yeah. spending an eye. Uh, like there's no good options there, so they wanted to make sure that it didn't just you know make everybody miserable. But uh, another thing that's out there is that dead eye shot comes in at one point. Man, it's so bad. I don't know that it's bad. Uh, like, people were people were talking about it. Man. Combined with marksmanship on okay, that's a, yeah, that's that's a trap. Well, take crack shot for the same price and just guaranteed do a damage. Yeah, but you know people are saying, oh, we'll do it on Nantexes, and you can take a bigger bid with your Nantex swarm. No, just take crack shot. It's the exact same price as marksmanship and dead. Then you get to add predator as well. We did. Dead eye <laughs> is perfectly fine because it's better than marksmanship and it costs a point, so it is now the best one point talent. That isn't faction specific. That is Deadeye's best quip. Get over here with heroic. Yeah. Um, Like, so the thing with Deadeye shot is because it's only one point, you can situationally use it. And the situation is you rolled a crit and they already have a damage card. So you make the crit a hit, not actually lowering your damage output, and then you get to expose the damage card. That's perfectly fine. But never, ever, 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 ever spend a hit to flip up a damage card. No. Just do the damage. It's the exact (laughs) same, same thing as Thane. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Crit does not equal more damage. Yeah, it can, but it doesn't necessarily. Now that being said, if you have a crit result, spend it to flip up the card every time because, like, that's what the crit would do anyway, and you're not losing damage output by going down to a hit. Yeah. Especially if you know it's a crippling crit, like a panicked or a direct. Yeah. Or yeah, the only time you spend a hit or crit result to flip up a damage card with something like Thane is if there is no way your attack's going to hit. Like, if you roll blank, blank, blank hit, and your opponent is soon tier at range three behind a gas cloud, and you know there, you know whatever damage card that is, oh, flip it, you, because it's better than nothing. Sure. Flip yeah. it good. And Deadeye's that same situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. In that situation, that's fine. But that's a very rare situation. If you've uh, lined up a range three bullseye through a uh, gas cloud on soon tier, you should be able to just do that for free. Yeah, like the... The thing with Deadeye is you should take the mindset of I'm never going to spend a hit, and then even if you forget about that one instance, you'll never make the, the bad decision of spending it when you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then if you remember in that one instance that it's okay to do it, great. But put yourself in the mindset you're never going to use it first. It's not a trap card simply because one point is not a trap. Yeah. I, it is a trap card if you spend hits, though. I want to emphasize that again. With it as well. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't try and chase bullseyes and things like is that. Is Deadeye Shot hyperspace legal? Because that's the only situation. It is. Everything, okay. and everything that was released in this uh, upcoming yeah. wave is hyperspace legal. So in hyperspace, if you want to run Marksmanship Deadeye Shot on Nantex, that's fine, because there's no other options. There you go. All right. So, uh, again, covering the Empire, covering the First Order, and a little bit of talk about Valat and the Hump. 
Uh, looks like they've got, again, there's options out there, folks. Uh, we've seen what's good. We've seen what's really good in the form of spam text, as they're calling it. You know, the six Nantexes out there. But don't really think that it merits all of the, uh, the sky is falling over reaction we're getting. Yeah, um, I mean, Doug and I have always been on the sky is falling is usually too big of a reaction to an OP list. <laughs> like, I mean, it's overpowered. It's got a great cut rate, but the top list in the meta always does. That's why it's the top list. And like, we're not. Nobody's arguing that they're not undercosted because they clearly are. No, we all believe that. But it's it's like you know triple upsilons, for example. That was just an absolute you don't get to play the game experience. Nantexes aren't like that. You have to play a, an uphill battle, but you still get to play some X-Wing. Nobody's saying it's not overpowered. Nobody's saying it's often not fun to just be outmaneuvered and outnumbered, but it's not It's not the end of the world. It, it's beatable. There are still other lists out there. There's an entire galaxy of options for both you and your opponents. You're going to fly against more lists that aren't the Nantex than you're going to fly against the Nantex. Unless yeah. you have terrible luck. With, with matchmaking. Which does happen, and it sucks. Yeah. And I get it if you're frustrated, but uh, like you were, uh, you were one of the unlucky few. It is not the actual state of the game. Yeah. And also, it's going to be gone in a couple of months anyway. Yeah, we've, we've only got a couple of things to bid out there. Uh, on the same, same vein, if you want to fly this list, if you see it and it's good and you want to fly it, don't let anyone shame you for it. It is a good list, and if it's something you like flying, you fly it. Uh, you know, don't bully people with it, but if you bring it to a tournament, there's no shame in that at all. There is never shame in bringing the best legal list out there, and if that happens to be six Nantexes, hey, if that's what you want, you do you. Yep. You know, and... Yeah, 100%. yeah like, don't let anyone try to tell you that you're playing the game wrong, because no. you're bringing a list, like... Yeah, and if you, come, if you go into a tournament where this is a perfectly legal list, and you come up against it, don't go on tilt. You walked into the bear cave. Expect a bear to be in there. Or if you go on tilt, don't go on tilt to your opponent. Like it's not their fault. You can't handle what list they're playing. Yeah, and you're the bad guy there, not the person playing Nantex. Yeah, oh, you know, be be the better person. Well, not even the better person. Just be a good person and yeah. realize, oh, this is subpar for me. I'm going to try the best I can. And who knows? Maybe you might find a technique that works with your list to gain the advantage on it. One piece of advice: don't joust it. Yeah, please do and not that joust this list. That doesn't mean start on opposite corners and then joust it. Like uh, coming in <laughs> diagonally is not jousting. Yeah, it, it is absolutely jousting. <laughs> like so, an actual tip there, because uh, somebody brought up that we should try to define jousting. If what we mean by don't just joust it, even if you start in opposite corners, if during the opening engage all of your shot your ships are close to each other, facing a brick of another of your opponent's ships, you're jousting. It doesn't matter where the location is. Like, you have done nothing to force them to make choices about where to go. They just had to fly at your ships. It could be in your deployment zone, along your board edge. That's still jousting. That's still jousting, yeah. Right. The idea so, is you are bringing your ships in a block at another group of ships in a block. Yeah. So yeah. even if it makes no sense, like, let's say you're running something like four X-Wings that don't really have anything to do except for joust. If you're going up against something that's better at jousting than you, split them up. Like, yeah, do run the of two. Yeah. yeah, or run them four separate ships. Force them to pick one ship or one pair of ships and go for that so that your other two can get in good position. They or you force or range they one shots where they can spend their focus on offense. Like, do something to create some sort of 
shift in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Or they right. split their list. Oh, you're fine. I thought you were done. Um, or they split their list up too, and then that's actually an advantage for you. Right. Yeah. Like if right. if it turns into two smaller jousts, yeah, you're probably still losing both of those, but with smaller ship counts fighting each other, there's a lot more variability in how the outcome will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, if you have a worse jousting list, you're probably going to lose that game. That's yeah. just the the way it is. If you both brought, brought jousting lists, one of you is wrong, and you're probably going to lose. But that, you have to... Yeah, that, that's actually not going to do it. It's if you are both choosing to joust, one of you is well, wrong. Yeah. But if you both brought jousting lists, yeah. the, the effective choice with your list is to joust is what that is. So, you know, I think... I played competitive chess as a kid, and there was uh, this opening called the Elephant Gambit, which was not a good opening, uh, but I loved it. And the reason I loved it is that it was a tactical nightmare. It just created ridiculous explosions uh, in the middle of the board state. It was super easy to make mistakes. Uh, And the reason I loved it is playing against higher rated opponents, people that were better than me, it created a lot more opportunities for them to make mistakes. Go back to the explosions part. When did they add that to chess? Not literally. Uh, Aww. But so the reason it was bad is you sacrificed a pawn for almost literally nothing. Like you did it just to get a piece out a little bit earlier. Uh, And the way it it did it, it was not like it was not grandmaster level play. Uh, It would just lose every time. But like none of us are professional players. None of us are making perfect moves every game. Uh, So if you create these situations where you're creating more potential mistakes, then there's a lot more room to capitalize on your opponent's mistakes. That's That's what we're trying to say. Every time your opponent has to make a choice, they can choose wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. what we meant also by you know, splitting your forces, if I have five ships shooting at me and I'm one ship, I have to get lucky five times. He only has to get lucky once. If that's two blocks of two ships shooting at two of my separate ships, then that's two times. And that really that, that reduces the ability. It's easier to blank out on two dice rolls in a row than it is five dice rolls in a row. Yeah. Uh, another way to look at it is, let's say you're doing the Nantex versus the four X-Wings, and you get a range three joust, and you lose a ship on the opening gauge and don't kill one back. Oh, you, have, you have zero options to not just continue jousting the next turn. Mm-hmm. Like Your options are either turn away and not shoot, or to continue and joust. Both if you come in from four different angles and the exact same scenario happens, they still have to correctly pick the ship that's going to stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, if they have two different options for ships they can go for after the first one dies, and you bail out with one and keep going in with the other, they could pick wrong. They could pick the ship that's bailing out and not shoot, and then even though you're massively far behind, you're taking free shots. Like, the, the, you just have to create situations where you can get advantages. Absolutely. So hopefully that's uh, a bit of advice and a bit of motivation. Yes, it's the boogeyman. The boogeyman is going to be there. We're not going to see that change, most likely until the December points change. So we've got a couple months of, if you're going to an extended tournament, expect Nantex. They're going to be there. So with that said, uh, do we have any shout-outs this week? My father, Bob Howe. All right. Well, I don't know. Uh, since <laughs> since he's been here, it's like, uh, Bob. Okay, sure. Now, uh, it's shout been... out to concussion bombs. Oh, concussion! Again, three points. That's yeah, that's super neat. Trajectory later. Now, I will say about concussion bombs, there is a a bit of a rivet counting here right now about the fact that the card for concussion bombs does not indicate like all the other devices do. Drop it with a one straight template. 
So there are people who are saying, you can't drop these. Yeah, you're stupid. Callus's yeah, cool. BCX didn't say it had the ship ability, but everybody knew it did. Yes. I'll so, launch my, my concussion bombs instead. Yeah, you can still launch them, absolutely, because you do have the option to drop it just to say how to drop it. So, uh, guys, let's let's be real. You drop it with a one straight template. Everybody knows how bombs work. You should drop it like it's hot, specifically. And then you're forced to drop it like it's hot again and again. <laughs> again, it becomes very, very hot. There, you there. must drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. So guys, guys, we can That was we my impression. We get sued. <laughs> uh, Don't worry. That, we're not gonna that, get that falls under parody, I think. <laughs> <at best. laughs> uh, shout out to everybody's friendly local game store who, again, you should be there after listening to this podcast, picking up your Wave 7 ships, support your local game stores where at all possible. Uh, they're what make this hobby possible for all of us. Uh, granted, there are some of you who are probably only shopping on Amazon because you live. Uh, you might be our one listener out there in the Ukraine still. Uh, yeah, Guy, uh, you've been pretty consistent out there. Drop us a note on the uh, the socials. Let us know who you are and how you're doing out there in the Ukraine. Yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah, well, what, what is the X-Wing community like there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you listen to us if you're a local, let alone somebody thousands of miles away, but thanks. Yeah, most of our locals have to hear us. I don't, in our even, all the I don't time. even listen to our podcast. I have to to edit it. But I do I, listen to it at uh, like a quarter extra speed. So, <laughs> All right, well, next week uh, we are going to wrap up our coverage with the Scum and Resistance factions and uh, let you know how we are going to be all preparing for the crate. Uh, thankfully, Alex managed to get in on the wait list for it. Whoop, whoop. So we will all, it's including... Jim O'Clock, boys! <laughs> Including Doug, who already has his ticket to Coruscant. Yeah, whatever. I'm allowed to play in regionals after I win one. Like, <laughs> how many invites worlds did you have uh, this year? Enough. <laughs> Doug's collecting them there on his wall. You're like Grievous and lightsabers. Only it's you know championship invites. So we'll make a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> he took two from me. <laughs> uh, one of us has got to knock him out. It's a rule. Nah, I think Doug knocks me out. I think that's the rule. <laughs> that's true. That does happen more often. Well, so uh, we will see you all for that next week for Tashi Station Radio. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smittle. Lat. 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 Seventh Fleet Gunner on it. Lat. Seventh Fleet Lat. Lat. Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. If you'd like to support us and help offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash TashiStationRadio and toss us a few credits to help keep the Huck cartels off our backs. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at TashiStationRadio and X-Wing Podcast, on Twitter at TashiStationXW, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TashiStationXWing. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to like and hit subscribe. Yubby yub.